Backwoods Theology coming to you. It's a little cold down in the bunker this morning, but we are grateful to be coming to you. We're glad that you joined us for this next episode. I'm here with my friends. We have no guests in the studio today. Uh, we couldn't convince anyone to come to Maine in January, but uh, we're, we're grateful for the three of us being here. Say hey, guys. You go good, first. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Nice cold morning. Yes. They've got their coffee and we are locked and loaded. The vault door is shut and we are excited. We got our Bibles out. We're ready to be able to have a good discussion this morning. It is winter time in Maine. We are having a mild winter though. Grateful for it. I can see that uh, uh, all those global warming things are paying off, at least for northern New England, which mm -hmm. is a blessing. And uh, so we are thankful for what the Lord has done and what he's doing. And But we are excited about getting into the Word of God today. You guys want to say anything before we get started? No, sir. Just Ready good to, go. to be here. Yeah. Man. Thanks. Yeah. Few words. My goodness. I need more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are grateful to be here. We're thankful. We hope you enjoyed the last couple episodes with Dalton Robertson. Uh, mm. it's, it's always a fun to uh, have some guests in with us doing some recordings. And so he was in town and we wanted to do some recordings for you. And I really enjoyed those. I listened to him again, oh, just last week, I think. Just a high view of God. It's amazing how... You know, we have such a low view of God. You know, you'll hear people say, oh, me and God, we've got an arrangement, or we're buddies, or whatever man, the, the case is. The man upstairs. Is. Yeah. It's just so pathetic. And so then that comes out in our worship. Mm -hmm. uh, then we talked a little bit about mysticism as well. About, you know, that was a great discussion. I think so. That, that was... Actually, I listened to these podcasts. He did? I Whoa. did. Wow. I did. Wow. I just wanted to hear what... You know what Josh had to say. I'm sure you did about some things. <laughs> no, it was. I'll it text was you later. Good. Yeah, <laughs> text me what you think later <laughs> about that comment. Um, yeah, they were great. Like they're worth, and those are. There's value. There is value in re-listening because there are different things to pick up, and I recognize that. So yeah, it was great. Good stuff. So go back and listen to other ones now, Chad. I will. I will <laughs> go back. This is episode thirty, isn't it? I don't, I don't I know. I think this is episode 30. <laughs> I'm not for sure. We're sure are What's enjoying our making them. episode archive look like? Well, it's so deep and full. It I'm is. pretty sure this is 30. I think it is, too. We are definitely plotters. Like this P is episode 30. Yeah, yeah. P-L-O-D-D-E-R, plotters. I'm happy with our every other week schedule. Hmm. You know what I mean? We're not producing so fast that we can't keep up with what we're doing in real life. That's the explanation. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what it is. That's it. Yeah. We want to provide content that is rich and enriching. Yes. 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 Enrich and enriching. enriching. <laughs> this is good stuff. This is good. Yeah. As you can tell, Josh and Chad are the highbrow guys. They actually went to Bible college, so uh, I I did not. So they're able to use bigger words than I can and. Uh, just have the deeper, more intellectual Big thoughts. <laughs> you know how some people talk, and I feel like I need a dictionary because sure. I have no idea what they're saying. I feel no. that way every time Dalton Robertson speaks. Oh, he is a he wordsmith. Does use big words. Man, he's a yeah, wordsmith. Yeah, yeah. It is an art form. It is an. I art. just enjoy yeah. listening. Agreed. Yeah, and you know it's. It, and if Dalton, you listen to this this episode, I hope. Yeah, send you're us some, by some this. money or something. That's right. <laughs> send me a pen that you paid eight hundred dollars for. <laughs> No, but that you bought in this cool shop <laughs> right, in downtown Chicago. Right. Sketchy. Yep. No, it, go ahead. I am the meat and potatoes guy. You know, they, they keep talking to me how, you know, to be a real man, you need to have a real pen. And I think to myself, you know, my my paper may work. <laughs> 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 it just is. I'd rather have a nice chainsaw than a nice pen. Yeah, a nice pen. Everybody's so. got their thing, though, right? I mean, you, you have a, a decent watch, right, Josh? That's kind of like yes. your thing. Yeah. Yep. And... I, I upgraded, so if we're talking about pens, I got a little bit of extra Christmas cash, all right? So um, this doesn't matter for the podcast, so you could probably skip the next two minutes, but I upgraded the tip of my pen with a, I shouldn't even say this, I might steal it, with a 14 karat gold tip. Whoa! Okay? On that pen. On this right pen. There. It's a $30 yeah. pen, 
but I like the pen. It writes really well. So you got to... And so I upgraded the tip and it writes so well. So all of, for all my message prep, everything... What does, what does gold do to benefit the writing it experience? It is a, it's a, it's a, it's hard to describe, but it is a smoother tip. If there's a piece of paper right there, you can grab that piece of paper to my right. You, so I don't so know what you Biden guys... Biden collapses the economy, he'll right. be able to Where trade the tip right there, for a right bushel of potatoes. Right right so what I have found is that it helps me write more quickly and neatly. And so in all of my study prep, I start out Say. handwriting everything. Doesn't that Ooh. feel nice? It does. It feels nice. So if you get... That's a fine tip. It's a Lamy pen, L-A-M-Y. The, they're a great uh, entry into fountain pens. You can write quickly and it doesn't... Right. I mean, R-I-G-H-T. My fountain pen, if the faster I write, the, the thinner. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it gets scratchy. It's just laying down less ink because yep. I'm writing too fast. Yep. But gold releases the ink more uh, evenly, smoothly. Interesting. So you're saying that the pastor of Flannel Baptist Church has a gold-tipped pen. Right. I will go cheap on some things. Wow. But on my tool... Well, it's like, okay, if you're cutting down a tree... Absolutely. Do you go to Walmart and buy a pooling? No. Right? You spend money you on the tools that matter. On the side. Right. I know. right. I know I just offended a bunch of people. No, it should say on, <laughs> on the side, single-use chainsaw. So, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm learning... Disposable chainsaw. Uh-huh. I'm learning the value of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. yes. So much. So, yeah. Are these all official sponsors of that <laughs> That's show? Right. That's right. <laughs> and now I just learned the value Those of a gold tip. Three guys <clears throat> listening. Um, fountain pen. Well, remember, it's 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 like, you know how you go to Walmart and you buy 14 karat gold something? It's not like there's a ton of gold content, but the very tip, there's just a little bit there that helps the ink flow more freely. It's not as much as you would think it is. No, no, no. So, awesome. But, you know. Well, for, you've, gonna buy a for watch. you all who are still with us... Um, <laughs> email us and tell us your cool tools right. that you use. What do you spend your money on? That's right. <laughs> if you don't know what to spend your money on, you can send it to Backwoods Theology. Right. <laughs> we will happily spend your money. Yes. Uh, well, our topic today, I'm not for sure how long, this may go into two episodes, I don't know, because there's a, there's a bigger picture than just what we're going to be talking about. But... Um, I've been preaching through the book of Hebrews now in church on Sunday mornings. I'm really enjoying it. It is so good. And I've really been enjoying, I just finished up chapter two, which is mainly about the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he became flesh. And he is compared with uh, Adam Mm -hmm. in Hebrews chapter two. And the Bible in multiple passages of scripture... um, Compare the first Adam with the last Adam. Mm-hmm. I, I had to train myself. I'd always say the second Adam, mm-hmm. but that's not what the Bible... The Bible calls him the last, last Adam, Adam. Yeah. in 1 Corinthians 15. And so it just... Uh, it's just so wonderful in, in, the, in several things which Adam was supposed to do, what he was commanded to do, he did not accomplish. We've already looked at one... Uh, I guess we could turn to uh, Genesis chapter number one. We see those first commands to man, Mm -hmm. and we studied the first one in a previous episode, and that would be the replenish the earth out of Genesis chapter number one. um, Verse 28. And verse 28, where it says to uh, replenish the earth. And we talked about how that was a command to that first Adam to replenish the earth. I do believe that that is, uh, he was to replenish the earth with sons of God. And obviously, he failed to do so. We see in Genesis chapter number five, uh, verse number one, I believe it is, where the Bible says that man was created in the image of God or the likeness of God. I can't remember whether it's image or likeness. Actually, I think both might be. But then in verse three of chapter five, it mentions the birth of Seth and how that he was not born in the image and likeness of God. He was born in the image and likeness of Adam, mm-hmm. according to Genesis five and verse three. So that shows us that that first part of 
the first part, the first command given to man, you always hear about, well, the first command given to man is to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But notice that there's another part of the command, which we haven't talked about, which I thought would be interesting to talk about because the book of Hebrews is going to teach us that not only is the Lord Jesus Christ going to replenish the earth with sons of God, he already has, but he is also going to subdue the earth. Notice in Genesis 1, verse 28, it says um, to replenish the earth and subdue it, and subdue it, which is interesting. Mm. And so I thought perhaps as we are talking about this first and last Adam, we already talked about the last Adam has replenished the earth with sons of God, but Christ has not yet subdued the earth, but the Bible says that he is going to. Mm -hmm. Adam was to subdue the earth. So let's just talk about that for a minute. What does that mean to subdue the earth? It's different than, you'll notice immediately, it talks about dominion and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. He's to have dominion over those things, but he is to subdue the earth, which is different than subjection. And there's a great way to illustrate the difference between subject and subdue. There's a, there's a major difference between the two. And so... I don't know if you all want to... So here's what's great about this subject is that you have studied it. We haven't. That's right. And so I don't know what you're doing, Josh, but I'm, I'm like... like a, I'm like a student right now just <laughs> waiting for the next, well, you know? I'm, but I'm going through and I'm looking at all the... I'm, I'm looking at every uses verse of subdue. of subdue. So, okay. And, yeah. and that's where any Bible student should start. That's right. right? Look at the yeah. uses of the word. Yeah. Compares, to try to form a biblical definition. Yep. That's right. That's based upon that principle in 1 Corinthians 2, which is comparing spiritual things to spiritual. It's right. how the Holy Ghost teaches us. So what are you seeing, Josh, when I'm you look at... I'm seeing the very... Uh, apart from Genesis 1, the very next time is Numbers 32, and my, my, my first observation was there's land involved, Okay. because Numbers 32, 22, and the land be subdued before the Lord. You know what I mean? It's not just people. All right, so we see... And the same thing happens in Numbers 32, 29. And the land shall be subdued. Um, and there's... Yeah, okay. Anyway, you were going to say but something. But in Numbers 32, 39, context, right? Yep. Moses is given instruction. In verse 29, it says, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle before the Lord, and the land shall be subdued before you, yep. then you shall give them the land of Gilead for a possession. Okay, so we're, I'm just working this out as I read it. Yeah. There's there's work involved in bringing the land which is not subdued to a state where it is subdued. subdued. There's work involved. There's already inhabitants in the land. Mm -hmm. So the inhabitants, and this is where you can jump in because I'm stream of consciousness he's, working through he's this. He's grinning. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I just love the process of watching you, right? <laughs> he's watching me fall on my no, face. No, no. He's yeah, sitting yeah. back going, going right I've down. already done all this right. work. No, no you're going, going you down the right do trail. Okay. Absolutely. So, so land that does not have inhabitants in it would not yeah, need so, to be subdued. Yeah. Like that's the key feature is mm -hmm. that there are inhabitants there mm -hmm. in the land that need to be... I guess for me is I, I see the word land and I immediately don't think in my brain. I, I, I go to creation. I go to... Aminals? Yeah. I, mean, I, I go to you know grass and trees so more than I do people. Because it says the land, doesn't say the country, doesn't sure. say the nation. But then if you keep looking at usages, which I think you are. Of course. Right? Yeah. Deuteronomy 2020 mm -hmm. talks about a city. It does. That's what I mean. The first couple of times you see land, and now in Deuteronomy 20, there's a city mm -hmm. that maketh war with thee until it be subdued. Okay. Judges 18.1. It could right? be Joshua 18.1 if you can get your glasses on. Fine. Joshua 18.1. <laughs> 
Okay, the land, the land was, subdued, was subdued before them. But it's talking about dealing with that conflict yes. of Joshua conquering the land, right? Yeah. Okay. I Ju- think, yeah. Sorry, my brain, I Go saw ahead. Shiloh, so. Yep, Judges 3.30, Judges 330, Moab, so Moab was, was subdued. subdued, that's a country. Fourth, 4.23, we're so still God in Judges. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king, so now a person. Yep. Okay. But but that person is going to be head over a nation, a nation, right? Okay. Thus was Midian Judges eight twenty eight subdued. Okay. So Ammon country Ammon eleven thirty three Philistines in First Samuel seven thirteen um, Philistines again in Second Samuel eight. So what we're wondering is: is there a usage in the Bible where to subdue something has a reference to anything other than beings? Right? You know what I'm I, saying? Yeah. Like, okay. Just, like, okay. So Because it, my brain just went, how come, not how come, but every one of the, if I'm not mistaken, apart from Genesis 1, every one of these are in context of some sort of conflict and war. Right. Right. So then we have to use the other passages yep. because you interpret the unclear by the clear. So if all these other usages refer to some kind of conflict Mm -hmm. that's involved, Mm -hmm. right? Then we could come back to Genesis and say, Adam may have, what God may have been saying here, because you have to to postulate a theory and then you have to run it by the rest of scripture to make sure, does does this jive with the rest of scripture? Mm -hmm. Okay. Does this jive? Does it jive? You see why this is an interesting topic? Because again, we all grew up in church and the perfect little flannel graph of the Garden of Eden is just Adam and Eve walking around the garden picking fruit, yep. and everything is in perfect harmony. That's what mm-hmm. we're told, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, what needs to be subdued? Sure. What needs to be subdued if the garden is in perfect harmony? Well, and then the simple, the simple question is, right, does subdue mean to take fallow ground and plant corn? You know what I mean? Is like, is that what it means? Well, does... I mean, clearly he had to dress and keep it in Genesis two. Okay, but does dress and keep it fall underneath the command to subdue? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Is is that a is that an explanation of subdue, or is well, that we've just... learned from the scriptures, have we not, that that which is subdued is either a what or a who. Okay. Yeah, it's because, either land or a city well, or a person. And that's why my brain went back to land too, because it says earth in Genesis one twenty eight. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Okay. So the it would be earth. Okay. And earth as we know in Genesis one is defined as the dry land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. So what what is very interesting is to think about again, because again, we think this is just perfect creation that God has made. Again, that's what we've... So my point again is, who or what needs to be subdued? If it was cre- if, if Adam and Eve are just walking around a perfect place that everything's in perfect harmony, sure. then there should be nothing to subdue. Just like, you know, just like, you know, we've been nervous, you know, over the years of the word replenish. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never heard anybody discuss the subduing. Uh, they've completely avoided that. So, um, all right. So, I got a couple places I want to go. Okay. No, you go first. Well, are we ready to go to a, you know, a dictionary definition of subdue? What it means? See, or... I don't like that. I like the Bible. You know what I mean? Well. Be- I may be going the, somewhere the with that. The dictionary definition is going to agree it's going with to agree, what yeah. you've just... Okay. Okay, the, the dictionary definition of, of subdue is to quiet, to bring into harmony. It is to... Um, like a dad with unruly children. <laughs> to bring under control is what subdue means. So, um, which I believe goes along with what you all have been saying. Now, you've mentioned land, 
mm-hmm. the actual land. You know, Joshua was going to come in and subdue the land. Well, there are plenty of passages of Scripture where it talks about God wants the land to be at rest, at rest. He wants it to be subdued. Um, or Joshua is coming in to bring it under control, to quiet. You know, it talks about a city that needs to be subdued. I don't know whether the word subdue is used with Sodom and Gomorrah, but did not God subdue Sodom and Gomorrah? He quieted Sodom and Gomorrah. He brought it under control. Um, so they are looking feverishly in their Bibles right well, now. Okay. Um, I'm listening. So we so okay. We have to I'm still thinking about turning fallow ground into a garden kind of thing. Like so first of all, I guess I'm asking myself, all right, so what or who was Adam to subdue? If things were out of order, because here's the other piece to this puzzle, another piece to the puzzle is that to this point, there is not a curse on the ground, mm. right? Mm-hmm. There's not thorns and thistles. Um, there's not the curse of sin upon the earth, right? Are we all in agreement there? That the curse... Okay, so let's... Can I look? I'm, gonna look, I'm looking at Genesis 3, all right? And verse number 17... Right? Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. So the ground was cursed after sin. Mm -hmm. And then God says to Adam, In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Herb. In the sun. <laughs> we have a man in our church. I caught that. <laughs> whose name is Herb. The Herb. Right. And it eat hinders me because I'm like, is it. Why I'm, is ZH silent for a person? I know. But it's not silent for yeah. a person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's another podcast. My brain, just, my brain just broke. Okay. And now Lovelace is broke. Okay. But if you think, if at that point, you know, when he placed them in the garden and gave them this commission, if the earth, the ground, wasn't cursed, then we would think it was already in a state of peace, like it was subdued. So I'm just making the case that it wasn't the dirt. I agree. Hmm. Okay. But that challenges, we have to be honest, it challenges our understanding an interpretation of the word earth. So we have to allow for, okay, so does the word earth sometimes refer to more than the ground? Mm. Maybe, all right, maybe the world always refers to the people in the system, and maybe earth sometimes refers to one or the other or both. That's something maybe for a discussion for another day, but I think it's not ground. Correct. Okay, so... Would it not be what it is linked with? Is he to subdue the same thing that he's supposed to replenish? Are you following that? Why are you both looking at me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm following it. I'm just... I'm thinking about something else. He's to replenish the earth, the Bible says. We would agree that he's to replenish the earth with sons of God. Okay, 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 okay. So then is he... See, this to me helps the earth situation. Okay, replenish the earth. It doesn't replenish the dirt. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So he's to replenish the earth with... Mm -hmm. Image bearers. Yeah. So subduing the earth still, we can... can we can justify or rectify the the earth situation that you just mentioned with, okay, it has nothing to do with the, eh, nothing to do with it. Replenish the earth. He's not replenishing more dirt. Sure. 
So the same is true as subduing it. Mm-hmm. He's not subduing the dirt. He's subduing what was on the dirt. Mm-hmm. So if that, yeah. So there's something in the garden that is out of harmony that needs to be quieted. That needs to be put under control. Hmm. Or, and that's what Adam is to do. That's in, what he's in the garden or outside do. the garden. Um, I believe the whole continent. Can I use that? You can use the whole landmass. I believe it was before, called Eden. I believe before the flood, there was one landmass. Yeah, and I, I, believe, believe. I believe it was called Eden. Um, and then there was a garden in Eden. The Bible mentions that several times. Okay. So the whole place was Eden, and then there was a garden in Eden. Uh, there's a garden of Eden. It does mention that, but uh, you know what I mean? Sure. So the Lord planted a garden in Eden. And so not just in the garden, but could it be on the land where there was something that needed to be subdued? You know what I mean? So the garden in Eden was base camp yeah, from which he was to subdue, it. subdue Eden, <clears throat> the rest of the earth. I, I, yeah. Okay. Well, the serpent. You're the one that studied the, this. We're just kind of. <laughs> the serpent was in the garden. Yes. Is he the only fallen? Is he the only angel that sinned that was allowed in the garden? God. The serpent was in the garden, right? In Genesis three one. Yeah. Okay, um, but all right, but we're we we can't assume. See, well, it doesn't necessarily say that he was in the garden. Well, I don't. I don't think that the well, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the garden. Correct. Right? And he's referring to that. Obviously, was it in the garden? Now, see, now I'm messing up. It says, "You shall not eat of every tree of the garden." Okay. Okay. Except. Yeah. Okay. Because Satan has a throne in Eden. Had. Had. Sorry, a throne in Eden. Does that mean in the garden or on the landmass? Well, well, it does say Garden of God in Ezekiel 28. Okay, yep. Um, I think I do think I'm looking in Ezekiel for the passages that help correlate. Is it Ezekiel 28? Because again, we're, we're having to go back and review. All right, so what happened to where the earth needed to be replenished? What happened that the earth needed to be subdued? Like mm-hmm, those are mm-hmm. questions that should come. So the earth needed to be replenished. The earth needed to be subdued. The first Adam needed to have, was commanded to have dominion, right? So are you in Ezekiel? Yes. It says, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Okay. Right. Which if Adam, so if, there's, if Adam is the first Adam and Christ is the last Adam, we should expect to see a lot of, par- all the things that Adam couldn't do, Christ is going to do. Correct. Okay. Yes. Right. So... Because we're going to be able to see in the Bible that the, the Bible says that the last Adam shall subdue the earth. Mm-hmm. He will subdue it. So in Ezekiel, where are you in Ezekiel? 28? I was just looking to see what it talked about, about Eden in Ezekiel 28, which is before... Uh, and while we're in Ezekiel 28, this is some things that I've been teaching our folks... You'll notice in Ezekiel 28 and verse 2, God is speaking to the prince of Tyrus. But then in verse 12, he is speaking to the king of Tyrus. Yes. So titles are important in the scriptures. We know that this is not just mere men that God is talking to here. So if you look just quickly... Uh, the Prince of Tyrus, I believe, is the Antichrist, and then the King of Tyrus, in verse twelve, is the Serpent, sure. yes. Lucifer. So, just yep. FYI, yep. Um, some some say, well, what happened to the Prince of Tyrus? Did he get promoted? Did he become king? Uh, no, it's because if you read those verses about the Prince, you can see it's tribulation, and then. Uh, the king of Tyrus is talking about Satan, but here's what I believe. I believe just as the command to Adam to replenish the earth deals with that which has been judged, which is the sons of God, the sons of God were judged, 
so is the command to subdue the earth, that there is still that remnant of judgment that is upon the earth that Adam needs to bring into harmony, that Adam is commanded to mm-hmm. bring under control. Because it's obvious that these angels which sinned are, are upon the earth. Mm-hmm. We read about the serpent in Genesis 3. And so Adam is not only to replenish the earth with the sons of God, he is to bring under control that which is upon the earth, which, again, goes against our flannel graph understanding. I'm not against flannel graphs. I don't even know if churches still use those or not. But, uh, you know, growing up as a child, I was just taught, well, the garden was perfect harmony. There was no sin. There was nothing where... The more you study the Word of God, that just isn't so. If that's so, what what does Adam need to subdue? Well, we have to acknowledge that. I think we ha- an honest Bible reader is going to have to acknowledge that sin, as a as a reality, existed prior to the fall of Adam and Eve, right? Yes, had to have had to. So then the question is, well, when when was its inception? When did it begin? When did sin enter God's universe, you know? So this, we're bringing, what's interesting is, to take your flannel graph illustration, is that our view of God and his work is very small. Yes. And it's very self-centered. And it's what we want to believe. Yes. Sure. We believe the parts that we want to believe mm-hmm. and ignore the others. Let me, let me illustrate it this way, and perhaps um, I illustrated this way to our folks, and this is what kind of turned the light on with our folks. The difference between subjection and subduing, there's a difference between the two. And I used Tim Wood in our church, who's he hunts everything. And so I told the folks of our church, I said, okay, let's say that Tim Wood catches a live wolf. This is a wild animal. If Tim is not careful, this wolf will, you know, Mm -hmm. have him for lunch. And let's say Tim Wood puts this wolf into a cage. Well, this wolf is now subject to Brother Tim. If this wolf eats, it's because Tim feeds it. If it drinks, it's because Tim gives it water. So this wolf is subject to Brother Tim. But has Tim subdued that wolf? He's caught it. If Brother Tim subdues the wolf, that means he could get into the cage with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is subduing, and that's the difference. You know, when it talks about Christ ruling with a rod of iron, okay, and everyone will be subject unto him. Okay. But will they be subdued? Now, the Bible says that Christ is going to subdue the earth. So I believe subduing is different than the dominion that Adam had. Adam was to rule on the earth. Um. But he was also to subdue the earth, you know, which is different than subjection. It's different than to rule over. It is to bring it back into harmony. It is to quiet. Um, and so maybe that little illustration shows the difference between the two. I, I, I don't even think it's a subtle difference. Can I follow? I, can I follow that with some scripture? Go ahead. All right. So Psalm 106.42, their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Okay, so that would indicate that they're they're under their authority, but they're not at peace or, like you said, subdued. Uh, Paul uses the word subject quite a bit in Romans. Um, Romans 8.7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. Uh, Of creation, Romans 8.20, for the creature, speaking of creation, was made subject 
to vanity, so the curse, not willingly, but by... So not willingly. Right. Right? That describes... So then here's my question, all right? And this is the part that we may not be able to have an answer to. How would first Adam bring the gods, because remember, um, the sons of God, okay, we know they're sons of God upon the earth, does, correct my, help me out here, does the serpent say to Eve that ye shall be as gods or as God? As As gods. As gods. As gods, plural. All right? Which means that Eve had an understanding Mm-hmm. Because temptation, like there's an understanding that there's something to gain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Here's my question. How does Adam, how in the world is he, is he to bring the gods? Great question. To a place know, of being <laughs> subdued, right? That is I don't the, know. That is, the, that is the question. We know though, here's what we do know. We know that in the day that Adam sinned, Right? And the curse of sin came upon him. He was changed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost his image he lost and his likeness. Image and likeness, image yes. and, likeness and, and law and, and was subject to death. Right? So, I mean, we know that, we know that based upon Psalm 83, that there are angels that will die like men. Is that Psalm 83? 82. 82. 82. Um, there's a lot of parts here, aren't there? There is. That's... Uh, here so we know that Adam didn't. <sighs> Correct. So. I don't know how he would have. Um, obviously, there's a way he could or God wouldn't have yeah, commanded because, him Yeah, because... Exactly. It. It's not yeah. in the nature of God to give an impossible command. Right. That's right. Um, it's interesting. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, is uh, Romans 5... The first and the last Adam are compared. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is 1 Corinthians 15, is where the two Adams are compared. Um, it says, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward... They that are Christ at his coming, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. So there's subjection. We'll see subject here in a minute. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. So that's, what is that, Psalm 110, Mm -hmm. make thy enemies thy footstool. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. Then notice verse 28, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Um. I think it's Philippians 3. Philippians 3.21. Right. Why don't you read that, Brother Josh? Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So we see uh, the scriptures to teach that what the first Adam did not do, the last Adam will will do. Not only will he replenish the earth with sons of God, which he already has, but he will also subdue the earth to bring it back into harmony. Now, what does that look like? Uh, I think that's Isaiah, where we get at least one picture of what does subduing the earth look like? Well, subduing the earth looks like this. Um, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem. I'm in Isaiah 65, verse 19. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. 
There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner, being a hundred year old, shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Um, Here's the harmony, verse 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. Notice, the curse has not been taken away for the serpent. Mm. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. That's subduing the earth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it visualized in the scriptures. And so... Something in Genesis 1 was out of harmony mm-hmm. in the earth. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. was out of whack. Or the word so subdue wouldn't be in Right, or the word subdue would not be there. Right. You, so, don't, you don't subdue perfection. So something upon the earth... I mean, when you start Genesis, the world is void, and, and which I believe is the remnant of the judgment upon the earth... So that tells me that that which was judged is still upon the earth and needs to be brought into harmony, Hmm. needs to be quieted, needs to be brought back into order. Um, I don't believe it's talking about the garden and the ground and the plants. And God has already noticed the order and design. I mean, the fruit already has the seed in it. The order and design is all there. So it can't be that. It, It can't be... Adam dresses the garden and keeps it. I I do believe it has to do something with the sons of God. Mm. Something about the sons of God. Not only do they need to be replenished, but they need to be subdued. I do not have the answer as to how Adam would have so, done it. I don't know. Could you make a and you know, we love our our depth and we love our um prophetical um application of scripture, but there is, there are times rather, you can draw a, what you and I would call a devotional application. Okay. So replenish the earth with the sons of God. This, the last Adam has already done that. Now, how has the last Adam replenished the earth with the sons of God? Well, uh, John one, to as many as believed to them gave you power to become the sons of God. We know, uh, first John, <clears throat> Now are we the sons right. of God. Chapter so, 3, yeah. So 1 John 3. So we are the sons of God. If you are a child of God, you are a son of God. It's not something we're waiting for. That's right. So. But we are waiting. Okay. But we're waiting all for of the adoption. creation is waiting for the manifestation. Station of the sons of the God. The final state of. Okay. Where I'm going to with this devotional application, if I can say that. Uh, I know. Let me say it. Go ahead. You did great. Do you know the word devotion is only one time in the Bible? Yeah. And it's about false worship. Uh, practical application. <laughs> practical application. I just created a, a, a can of worms. That's there. right. Um, no, but seriously, how was Adam to subdue the earth? Now, we're trying to come up with an idea of what way is he going to get the sons of God to listen to him, right? Right. Well, he's made in the image of God. Right. They he's lost Im- that image. He's an image bearer. That's right. We're a son of God. We're to be image bearers. Right? Should not that bring almost as subjugation, but that's subjection. But wouldn't would not that subdue the sons of God? You know what I mean? The 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 others, the the fallen angels that we like to say. Um you get what I'm trying to say. Can I and go they, can I go even farther out, helicopter view? Sure. Right? So I've been thinking about this because I'm studying foreknowledge in Romans eight. So in order for foreknowledge to be foreknowledge, then no, okay, foreknowledge means what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Before. Beforehand. Okay. All right. So in order for for foreknowledge to be foreknowledge, when was God's foreknowledge active? Before everything. Everything. So everything that's done. Ready? Okay. Oh no, I so I, 
I'm, I got stuck on that word active, like it was inactive. When, no, but when is it, when was it in use? When did God, when, when did God make use of, I know these are three-year-old, this is a three-year-old explanation kind of thing, okay. because we're talking about God. So everything that God has ever happened within this universe has been according to God's foreknowledge, his counsel, and his purpose, right? Okay. So Satan, Lucifer, who was perhaps his, his chiefest creation, okay. right? Workmanship. His workmanship. Yeah. Okay. Exodus. Exodus. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Who rebels against God. When, when that takes place and the sons of God that follow with him, ultimately they are going to be undone and judged by God's, perhaps God's weakest creation. Let me illustrate. Rome, uh, Psalm 8, right? Yeah. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. Okay? Uh, my little boy is going to be 10 months old. He's not strong. Yeah. But out of the weak, God has ordained strength because, why did he do this? Because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, but has crowned him with glory and honor, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O, o Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So it seems to me that God, this, and I'm, I want to be correctable and refinable here, but even God's move to create man is should be understood in the larger context of his glory in his all of his creation. You know what I mean? Like he's using Adam, who he formed of the dust of the ground, to subdue those which probably were upon the earth but could freely move between heaven and earth. Hmm. They had access to God that Adam didn't have. Adam was earthbound, if you will, right? So like the whole the whole biblical narrative, right? Zechariah 14, 9. There shall be one king upon the earth. And so so all of that is happening because Lucifer wouldn't do it. Right? Hmm. So God says, okay, well, if my greatest creation won't do it, my workmanship won't do it, then I will create something that is lower who will do it. So this is why, like, why did, okay, thought experiment, why couldn't Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, just show up and be done with it, mm. right? Well, he could have at that very moment subdued it. But here's the thing, with Christ, and these are ideas that are I'm still working out in my head and my heart, <laughs> But God himself takes upon the form of a servant, the weakest form, takes upon the form of a servant. Well, you know, it goes with the creation of man in general. You know, I brought this up. We have a Thursday night class, and I brought this up last Thursday night. Of all creation, okay, not, not just what we, you know, in the state of Maine, all creation. The, the earth is, what, 75% water. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to go into the universe of all creation, man can only survive on a small part. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can't survive in the water. Sure. We cannot survive out of oxygen. But yet we can't survive without water. And there's a lot of places on mm-hmm. earth, even on dry land that we can't survive. Right. Whether it be Mount Everest or the Sahara. Gravity, you know what I mean? Gravity could kill us. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. We're not very strong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the creation aspect, we have we have Leviathan who's in the deep, who's in the mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. 
you have the dragon that's, you know, flying around in the stars. I'm, I'm just having fun right now. But you have that with the sons of God, yet you don't have that with humanity. Because the heart of God is to exalt the humble. Everything in Scripture is everything. But how many times have we found a paradox in the Scriptures? Mm. The paradoxical view of Scriptures. You know, yeah. Jesus said, you know, it's better to give than to receive. It's mm. the it's the 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 way up is down mentality. Mm-hmm. Humble mm-hmm. yourselves and yeah. God will exalt. Yeah. Is that that seen also in the creation of man? Sure. The paradoxical view. Because you look at our, our – go ahead. I was going to say, because Hebrews 2 also says that Christ was made a little lower than the Yeah, there's something. Yes. Psalm 8 is about Christ becoming man. Right. You know what I mean? Not becoming man, but you know what I mean? The body that thou hast prepared him. And um, so he, he, he didn't – yeah, okay. Because Lucifer, if he's given a throne and given dominion, perhaps to Lucifer – now, there's nothing at that time we, we have to – assume that in that time on earth that it was created perfect and there was no need to subdue, right? Everything was in harmony in that time, right? Or okay. We're thinking okay. about, right? We're thinking before Lucifer. But then fell. iniquity is found. In his heart. In his heart. He, his heart is lifted up with pride, yep. right? And now, now we have a problem. Okay. He's no longer subdued. Right. So the, he's here's always the thing. in subjection. It's that in the creation right? of man, in the creation of man, God is addressing a prior problem. This is what, you know, if it has to be brought into, if, if Adam had to subdue it and replenish the earth, Adam is, is there to address a problem that existed prior to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And Satan tries to thwart that, but God knows because of foreknowledge, you're not going to thwart this. Because ultimately, well, that's found in Genesis three fifteen. Alt, right? Yeah, right. But then that whole because here's what's I get excited about this because our world is so small. Yeah, right. Yeah. I live in Maine. Yeah, you know I got a Walmart. Okay, <laughs> but we understand. I think it's in is it in Romans or Philippians or Ephesians where that the revealing of the mystery of the church, right through the church, God is showing His manifold wisdom. Hmm. To who? Well, to more than just us. Yeah. Right? To the heavenly host who is watching this all Well, unfold. would you not agree a mystery mm-hmm. that was hid in God, right? Yeah. The secret was also hid from the sons of God. Mm-hmm. So the church was a mystery to Satan. Well, and here's a fun question. Did Satan know that by killing Christ hmm. that he was actually doing exactly what God wanted him to do mm. to accomplish his mm. purpose. That's an interesting question. Like, did he understand? Well, Colossians, what, Colossians 2, he made a show of them openly, mm-hmm. triumphing over them in it. Mm-hmm. So um, what one thought to be victorious found out to be complete total failure. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, like no. Okay, if... It's like Satan moved... I like moved, that he made a show of them open. Right, but, <laughs> but Satan moved himself into checkmate. Yeah. He moved himself into checkmate by entering into Judas to betray Christ unto his death. Mm-hmm. So how could he, he... I think you could argue he didn't fully understand yeah. that what he was doing was his undoing yeah. in that. Oh, that's good. Isn't that wild? That's good. That is wild You, know, you hear folks say, no one knows the word of God better than the devil. You'd have to say... I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah. Now the <laughs> devil knows how to quote scripture. Misquoted. Misquote. Sure. Right. So I mean, does, he did he did with Christ. So does John right? Heggie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's my point. It's yeah. like that's no different than what we do. Yeah. So I don't know, that's a that's a wild thought. So in this discussion I'm sorry, I went like rabbit trail no, crazy. I, I think I think that, you know, I came into this, you know, believing that whatever Adam has to subdue has to deal with that which he had to replenish. Mm-hmm. How he was going to subdue it, uh, my only thought is he's an image bearer. He, It's know. the same way we're going to do it. Right. Because okay. we shall judge angels. Yes. Right? So yes. the same, because God's original purpose is going to be accomplished in the end. That's what I mean. Yeah. We, we are the sons of God who, That's where, yes. in our glorified state, we yes. will accomplish the thing that Adam was unable to accomplish. Yes. Because I was going to say that, but then you started talking before. You we did it together. Finish. You were yes Together. You said <laughs> it. I just said yes. Because 
Our image and our image and likeness is going to be restored. Yes. Mm-hmm. The last Adam is going to do that. Romans 8 says we are predestined to be conformed mm-hmm. to the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And then 1 John 3 says we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Right. So we know that our image and our likeness shall be restored. Uh, Christ was made a man for several reasons. Hebrews 2 gives probably five reasons. Paramount is so that he could die, mm-hmm. but it lists other reasons why, and the Bible specifically says he was not made in the nature of angels, which the Bible says angels are ministering spirits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was made in the likeness of men. Mm-hmm. But the difference, because see, um, Hebrews 2 quotes Psalm 8, what is man that thou art mindful of? Yeah. See, I believe Psalm 8 is talking about Adam. It's not talking about Christ. It's talking about Adam. Uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Because the author of Hebrews compares Psalm 8, and then in verse 9 it says, but we see Jesus. Hmm. And it's comparing the first and the, and the last Adam, and the text there... Okay, so then... All right, if you're saying that, right, then what does subdue mean? Well, in verse 2, it says that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Right, that's subduing. Yes, okay. In Psalm, you're in Psalm 8, Psalm 8. what yes. you're talking about. So, um, so what is it that he's subduing? An enemy and an, and a, and an avenger. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, what's interesting... It's it, the Hulk. There's an interesting point. For instance, in Hebrews 2, where it's quoting Psalm 8, um, like Psalm, uh, Hebrews 2, 7, thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Again, I believe he's speaking of Adam there. But you'll notice in verse 9, it says that Christ was made a little lower than the angels, but it does not say thou hast... Because according to, you know, Adam was made, it's clear. But according to Philippians 2, the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. So the difference between Adam being made and Christ being made, Adam... Had no will. It's just he, he had no will. It was yeah. not his choice. He didn't yes. will his, his creation. He didn't, he didn't will himself. Right. He had free for, will. But for Christ, himself. it was his choice. Yeah. Adam did not choose. Right. To be made a little, Christ actually chose. Right. I liken it unto this, you know. My family, there's six who bear the name Wiley. Mm-hmm. Only one chose, mm. and that's my wife. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who chose to be a Wiley. The rest of us were born one. We didn't have mm-hmm. a choice. Mm-hmm. Christ chose to be made a little, and He made Himself. Yeah. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, Adam did not make himself, Adam did not choose. Mm -hmm. So that just shows, in my mind, the greater significance because in Psalm 113, I think it's verse 6, the Bible says that God has to humble himself Mm -hmm. just to behold what he has made. Mm -hmm. So if he had to humble himself just to look at his creation, think of how he had to humble himself to become that which he made. Mm -hmm. That's just blows my mind. Well, okay, someone could ask, well, why why did he have to humble himself to look at his creation? Well, if you think about it, the Trinity existed before anything was ever created in perfect love and harmony and communion, right? So to look at creation, so to 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 for a moment direct your attention away from the perfect oneness that God the Father enjoyed with the other two. Right, that would be humbling, mm. right? Because it's like going from spending time with the most wonderful believer you know to going to spending time with the jerkiest jerk you know, kind of thing. Mm. That would be humbling, but you would do it out of compassion for the jerkiest jerk, right? Right, Josh. Well, the Bible's, <laughs> you know, the Bible I, says in Isaiah. It's a bad that, illustration. Just remove that. that. <laughs> That God looks for a God like unto himself, but finds none. none. There's none like So you know whatever he created is going to be beneath him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to create something equal unto him. 
So he's going to have to humble himself. And so I think this was a fun discussion. I don't know about you all. It is fun because it just expands. For me, it helps me see big picture, big picture, big picture. We're pretty small, but God is so big. So the next episode. Oh, boy. The next episode, let's discuss something that you all have studied and I have not. And here's a, we'll discuss whether to pronounce Gaius, like how you should. That's what we were talking before we started recording. How do you pronounce these names in the Bible? That'll that'll give us rich content. That's enriching. Enrich content. Yeah. Well, mm. that's a good study. That was good. I'm glad. Well, we're glad you've joined us today. Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoyed this little Bible study that we did, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to have your support for Backwoods Theology. Let us uh, let others know. If you're enjoying this podcast, let others know about it, and we'd like to... You mentioned uh, support. My mind went to who's paying us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We'd love to have your support. <laughs> Uh, support by listening. <laughs> but again, if you have uh, funds that you don't know what to do with, we'll hey, be happy you know, to take care of it. Or but. prayer for a month. That would be prayer great. Prayer for a month, yes. Yes. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for joining us at Backwoods Theology.